0: I'd like to say, first of all, I'm grateful, I'm thankful, I'm honored that I am talking with this great man of God and who hails from the state of Pennsylvania. But let me say this. I have I had the privilege of meeting him in Dayton, Ohio yes. seven years ago, and uh, he came to our ministry with another brother in Christ, but uh, he, he has launched out and moved further in his ministry and in life, and uh, I am honored today to bring him to power talk. And uh, power talk is something I birthed. Uh, uh, just that's uh, something I just want to, God, birthed in my heart to have a, a, a place to have a candid conversation with men and women across this globe. And what better person today to speak with than my brother, my friend, and the pastor, uh, author, entrepreneur, a visionary, a husband, a father. Who is doing great things in the kingdom of God, I'd like to welcome Pastor William Brownlee Sr. to Para Talk on today. Honored to be here, sir. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. I am so honored that you're here. But let me say this. I want to get this up, up close, uh, right, right up front. This man of God has released a powerful book. Now, Pastor Brownlee, I'm a reader, man. I love reading. <laughs> And uh, when I you know, saw you had launched this book, I reached out to make sure that I can acquire it. And I got it, I received it, and I have been blessed by the life changer quotes for life. Wow. What sparked the title of this book for you? Uh, because th- those quotes changed
1: my life. They actually saved my life. They saved my life. Um, oftentimes when we go through our life obstacles and adversity, what are we actually uh, motivating and affirming ourselves with? And sometimes I believe the best sermons are those you preach to yourself first. And uh, I was able to every time I went through something, I would quote something on Instagram or Facebook. Right, <laughs> just motivate myself, but motivate others at the same time. So you know, I say, you know what? A lot of people were sharing my quotes, and they would say, "Your quote saved my life, changed my life." Just one word. Sometimes when you when you're in that, you on the uh, the edge of anything. Sometimes you can't give a, a full homiletic hominetic sermon, sometimes you need one word, speak a word, right? <laughs> the, one one, word. the one word is those, those quick quotes that would save someone from being suicidal, depression, anxiety, and so I would get a lot of testimonies back from my quotes, and so I, I said, you know what, I might as well get all my quotes together, just launch a book so it could be therapeutic. Tell me about what you got from this quote, how did it speak to you? And so a lot of people have been using the, you can't just read the book. You can't just, um, I'm sorry, my, my daughter, you can't just read uh, the book and just keep going through it. No, you have to really write about what you're reading.
0: Yeah. It's a more therapeutic interactive book. Well, thank you for sharing that because in the book, as you just said, it's a therapeutic uh, uh, aspect with the book here. You know, And I look at that as journaling. Yes, sir. Because, because the quotes that you have, you want the individual to give their thoughts and what impact those quotes are are speaking to them and their lives. And let me say the quote that blessed me, there are many great quotes. I mean, I've already, I've already read the books. So I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm coming here uh, uh, in forms, so to speak. But the quote that blessed me was, there is coming an accelerated miracle for you. Stay focused, man. <laughs> yes, sir. Me. You know, <laughs> yes. hey, I, I received that. <laughs> Not only did you say a miracle, but an accelerated uh, miracle. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I love that. Oh, so thank you. Those, those, are a, pro- those are
1: prophetic affirmations that we speak of ourselves, uh, even in time of, of of hardship, when we lack before our next, We quit before our next. we give up before our next, And I believe Obama said it best. He says, if you give up today, you forsake a better tomorrow. So it's so important to have something that can keep you going.
0: Oh, I like that. That's so important to have something to keep you going. Let me say this about you. You and I have a background that's kind of relatable here. I see you were a psychology major. Yes. So tell us where you began your educational journey. Central State University in Wilberforce, Ohio. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, sir. I appreciate that. Wilberforce, Ohio. And uh, that's where I met you was here in Ohio. Yes and uh, so psychology so what drew you or what what drew you to psychology man actually
1: I was going to school to be honest for and that's uh, a computer engineering right okay I, I actually got a scholarship to go to uh, Central State for football and I'm looking for the computer engineering and I get there and I'm, I'm in a you know academic advisor class I'm room and we're talking about uh, my, my plan and things of that nature. She's like, well oh, Mr. Brownlee, we really don't have computer engineering here. We have industrial technology. I'm like, okay, what's happening with that one? I'm thinking it's something similar. I got in there, I'm looking at Chinese. I'm like, what is, this? <laughs> what is
0: this? I'm like, wait a minute. This is not computer engineering. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, me, I'm going like to quit it. I try to get through it. I'm like, I need to, I need a tutor. And
1: even a tutor was like speaking Japanese to me. I'm like, this ain't it. This is, is off. So I said, well, the, the academic advisor, she asked me, she said, well, what is this, something that you like? To do what will be your passion? I said, Well, I like people, I like to understand why they do what they do, what makes them do what they do, and not only that, coming from a background of mental illness my father, mother, aunts, and them had mental illness, they had mental issues, and so I wanted to understand where it stems from, where it comes from, why people do what they do. She said, Well, psychology, think about psychology. I said, Uh, I guess. I said, I said, All right, I'll check it out. So I got my first class, you know. Uh, <laughs> And I enjoyed it, you know, sociology, I enjoyed uh, socials. I, I, I enjoyed uh, just the case studies and, and research methods. And even though I barely finished research, research methods because it was so hard, <laughs> but I enjoyed it, you know, I enjoyed it. Yeah. But I enjoyed the classes, I enjoyed the teachers, the professors is what made actually me desire the classes. Being able to understand why we do the behaviors, the, the choices we make, uh, where it stem from the root of it, and it helps me up, actually deal with people better. Cause why wow. yeah, yeah, de- definitely. Some, sometimes I believe that education will give you enlightenment of things that may seem ignorant to you, or may seem, uh, or, or or may seem uh, uh, really harsh. Not realizing that there's a root to that. Why are they acting the way they act? What stems from that? What's chemically off with them? Where is it coming from? And I just had a conversation with one of my executives my my business i was telling him i said you can't write everybody off because somebody has to be the one to endure and to redirect and to motivate and to inspire and to actually dig up the root of what's causing them to respond the way they are
0: if that makes sense it makes a lot of sense and i think as god has a place you in that vocation as as you've stated you had another direction but god had another plan for your life because you begin to relate your own family background those dynamics uh, like myself you know my mom uh, i dealt. my mom dealt with mental illness and unfortunately my mom committed suicide I so, did too. wow wow <laughs> That's crazy. now yep. wow and just as you just said what drew me of course was first of all loving people yes and then serving as a pastor and seeing all the different behaviors and dynamics that people may have and then a, and me one trying to understand where was my mom what was in her mind that right. took her to the place that where she was. So anyway, but psychology became a love for me and a passion, and I see too, you and I both share that, that, that same focus. But you mentioned something here as well. You mentioned about uh, impacting people's lives and speaking to them, a motivational speaker. What role has that taken off in your life as a motivational
1: speaker? Well, I started, and I'm glad you asked that because many people don't ask me about that. <laughs> Uh, But I actually started working with um, the men of excellence out here in Pennsylvania. And they've taken me from different schools to speak to young men and young women and actually share my life story. Till this day, I have young people that talk. You came to my school in Norristown. Till this day, follow me, saying how my words saved their life. Because they dealt with the same thing. Motivating them from an uh, area that I experienced is the most powerful motivation. So how can you motivate someone from something you never experienced? Don't tell me how to overcome it. You haven't overcome it. Like the substance and the the, the vibration and the spirit is from what you actually experience that I can receive and say, you know what? I feel it. You know, I I feel what he's saying. I've been through that. And and if he overcame that, I can overcome it too. So my aim of motivation, uh, it started with me actually, uh, when I first came back to Philly and, uh, I went to my Overbrook High School, and my principal wanted me to speak to the young people. And I said, I can do this for the rest of my life. I didn't think that it would take me to the pastorate. I was just a preacher then. Okay. And so, motivating the young people, seeing their responses, and seeing how how they said, like you you saved my life, man. I was dealing with that with my mom and my dad. I was dealing with that with my sister and my brother. And but you spoke to me. It allowed me to keep going. Hearing them say that I can now keep going motivates me to motivate others. Oh wow.
0: It's a I, result I, of the motivation that drives me. Yep. Oh I love that. And and I can and I can tell that. Let me say this. I've been watching your ministry from afar. And we're gonna get to that a little bit later on in this conversation. But let me say this, as you said about the motivation, how that I keep hearing you say young, young people, young adults from your high school, then no doubt in your ministry, we're gonna talk about that. But I, I also saw a little background about you, that your call for God. Ministry, as you said, you didn't really start out to become uh in this role, but God had plans for you. But you had a great influence, someone was a great influence in your life. Talk yes. about that person you don't mind. Bishop McNeil, uh, here you go. He was the uh, founder and chairman of the National Christian Fellowship Conference,
1: and uh, also the uh, chairman of Church of New Hope and Faith Incorporated. Okay, and uh, he actually uh, was the greatest icon of my life wow. uh, yeah. in business and in ministry uh, the man was a mogul. he had great wisdom um, yeah, he had the wisdom of solomon when i tell you everything he did was strategic and it was it was for the people community you know uh, uh the members it was phenomenal and i would watch him i never really questioned him i always watched him wow and i would glean the thing about me is if I see something that sparks my interest, I would sit there and glean and follow and glean. So I was at his feet all the time, even as an armor bearer. I was listening. I was gleaming. I, I bet I was, I, when I get around seniors, I don't have to say much. I just like to take it. Wow. Because they have a season of teaching and experience that we as young people need to glean from. That's why I say uh, we have to be the ones as young people. To bridge the gap between young and old because our elders have so much wisdom that we need to partake in. And even watching your page, I, I listen, I I read. I may not interact, but I'm, I'm watching, I'm reading. So go ahead, Doc. You know, you're like the fan in the background. You know, uh but watching him, man, the way he handled the people, the way he counseled, the way he, he dealt with the community, the way he did food bank, the way he the way he actually put members in housing and purchased property, did business. I watched all of that and I really actually Ask him about anything, wow. and so get into banking. Allow me. God set me up um because I would ask my, my my bishop. I would ask him about every mood. I mean, I got an opportunity here. What do you think about this? Because my thing is, as a leader, God placed him on over your life to help you direct your life. Oh, and wow. I believe because he knew the spiritual and the purpose of my life. Because the Bible says, "I give me passion after my own heart." He won't give us to the people without giving us knowledge of the people that makes sense and where they're going yes sir. we have foresight insight and oversight Come on. and so having that having that understanding i would ask him bishop what you think about this opportunity i'm getting at the bank well son it, it, it would it would be grateful for you to understand the financial literacy and how to handle business and things like that. go ahead go for it so having that financial background working at the bank for 10 years branch manager business specialist a personal banker and a teller uh had that understanding he was able to trust me with more uh concerning what he does and so he has directed me man i'm telling you just watching his life how he did with people how he how he pastored the different churches around the world that he had um he was an apostle in his own right um and the thing is he was he was actually uh my bishop but then became my adopted grandfather Okay. My mother died, a suicidal, and my grandmother, I buried her. He took me in, okay, and adopted okay. me, because uh, I would have been in foster care.
0: Yeah, I would have been in foster care, but uh, he, he took me in. Wow, man. I mean, there's so much in you, uh, Pastor. Uh, there's a story in you, and just to hear you say, I love the fact to hear a young man acknowledge an senior man, an older man, who you gleaned from. As who you listen to, who you follow to, and I like how, you know, I heard something that really blessed me this year. That you know, as pastors, there are people who look at us in, in, in twofold. Some people look us look look at us as their pastor, meaning we can speak into their life, we can yep. pour into their life, and share in their life. And some see us as a preacher. Yep. You know, I'm only <laughs> gonna hear a word from you. Other than that, you know, that's true. That, that's it. But, yes, but this man of God, this apostle that you shared with, uh, as you begin to speak about some of the things that he that you gleaned from him, I, I look at your background. You you spoke you spoke about the banking and, and the literacy programs, and you offer those type of programs to young adults now, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. So that's awesome, man of God. But let <coughs> me get to this point about your ministry. As I begin to read your background, I'm gonna see about, about what moves, what motivates uh, William Brownlee and you had a vision for your ministry and quote your, your vision was for non-believers mm. and millennials and so as beginning this work of god there's a big world yes you know there are over seven billion people in this great world and a few days ago i saw a conversation about people were saying about there are too many churches mm. and i interjected and said with seven billion people we don't have enough churches come on no road you know come on so the fact is so you had a vision to begin your work with non-believers and the millennials talk about that for a moment so it wasn't on purpose (laughs) it wasn't on
1: purpose um i actually went to a church one day and uh, this is when I had disconnected from my my ministry, and um, my I went to just a visit. I went to visit. I went to visit. I just and I came dressed down purposely. I didn't want them to know I was a preacher or anything. Went to visit, and let um, me be honest with you, I was done with church. Mm-hmm. I was so fed up with church, and I was fed up with church because of just the just the, just the, uh, the 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 traditions and, and 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 the the doctrine that was not word. Mm-hmm. I was fed up. Uh, even how people were being handled, I was fed up. I'm being honest, I'm being very transparent. One thing about me, I'm giving it to you, real. Um, I'm didn't. very fed up, I'm like, I'm done with church. I'm, 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 I'm this, and this is what a lot of millennials dealt with. They was done with being judged and done with, you know, things of that nature. And it wasn't my bishop, it was the people of the church. <laughs> <laughs> it was the people, I was fed up. Yes. Um, I'm like, you here in the same hospital I'm in, and you picking out my surgery, I need surgery. in? I'm confused, so that's the point I was done with church. I'm like, I'm just going to church because it's in me. You can't, the Bible says train up a child on the way they should go so when they get older, they won't depart from it. It was, it's in me. So I'm like, one Sunday, I'm like, all right, I'm just, I'm just going to church. I'm going to church. I went to this church in, in Island Avenue and uh, old, old, old church, very old church, uh, old, old pastor, lady, apostle. And I sat there and she said to me, <laughs> come here, stand up, young man. <laughs> stand up, I said, Lord have mercy. This lady won my life. She began to prophesy concerning my entire life, doc. I kid you not. I said, Oh, yeah, this lady, she is from God. And I'm in tears at this point. And she said, The Lord sent you here. I'm, I'm like, Okay, now, now what's next? I'm in tears at this. She said, The Lord said she was gonna, he was going to send me a pastor, a pastor of this church. And I'm looking like, First of all, I'm a preacher. Only a minister, I'm not an elder. You know, in, our, in our denomination, in our church, we there, there's levels to this. I was a jury okay. deacon. I, I was a minister. Come on here. First of all, I was a, I was a doorkeeper. I was a cleaner. I was a drummer. I was a hospitality. I did the work first, right? You were a servant. Come on. Come on here.
0: I, I was processed.
1: And so I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not an elder yet. What is what's going on? They said so. I came to her after the, after the service. I, I said, uh, apostle, I appreciate the word. However, I'm only a minister, and uh, uh, I, 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 I want to pray about this pastor position. She said, "All right, son, you give it to God." I know he "I told me." Mm-hmm. So I went to my godfather, who's actually an apostle. And I called him up and I said, "Hey, uh, his name apostle JQ Lock." I said, "Hey, I said this church has, uh, has called me pretty much want to have me the interim pastor there. I've never pastored people before, and uh, I've only been a minister. And I haven't been no elder yet." And he said, "Son, you're behind time." behind time he said let that be your training your training place God likes that so I told him I said okay I'll do it this for a year do it for a year <laughs> do it for a year and mind you know this is an older church probably like four or five people there wasn't many and got there put things in place structured things fix up, up the building people would get to join things of that nature and uh, and I'm like Lord, I'm, I'm I'm ready for whatever you have for me. Mm-hmm. And, and I went to launch out on my own ministry after that year was up. And uh, it was older people, young people, you know. I started off in the hotel, then went from the hotel to the uh, school, my old Overbrook High School, okay. and from there to 6401 a storefront. And then God blessed me with a, a nice 3,000 square foot uh, location to where, where, where the millennials came and flocked and then we have season the same there as well okay. and um, however the millennials uh, were revived mm. they were re- revived uh, those who didn't want to do church no more those who didn't believe in God those who was atheist those who were Muslim they begin to convert to the belief of the faith and begin to become submitted to the things of God and and it wasn't just about a word, it was about lifestyle. I was able to give give them the word verse, and as well as my life. Yeah. So my thing is people want to see the word walking. you to see the word walking, yes sir. It's, <laughs> not, it's not about perfection, it's about demonstration. Yes. Right? And I think sometimes we get that uh we get that mixed up. We we think we have to be perfect towards the people. The people just want to see you demonstrate what you what you're preaching. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and and so the young people are, are now revived in their faith, they're revived that there's the God, they, they, they experience God, they've seen the miracle signs and wonders. How can you not want to run to a place that God has shown himself? Right, right. And so they're they're going out like, like the woman at the well they go out and tell them, come see. <laughs> oh, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Come see if God do we serve that blessing of my life, changing my life, reconciling my life with my, with my mother and my father, and reconciling my and, and having me forgive people like I, I need to forgive and loving like I need to love and, and giving me off addictions and and get me out of soul ties. Come on here, they're getting changed. Their their own testimony. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimonies. People are overcoming by the testimonies of these young people. Mm-hmm. And so this, about. Yeah, this is this is this is where the growth of of the millennials and. and and you have some older people who are actually saying, I'm revived now from the church. Mm-hmm. Because the church wore them out. <laughs> you know? And, and I'm talking about in, this, in the sake of, I'm not talking about in the sake of, uh, of, of tradition at this point, but in the sake of stagnation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you are you pulling out these people gifts and talents? Mm-hmm. Are you ministering to them in a the place, in season? Not
0: talking about word back in the, in the day. We need in season word. Yes, yes, yes. You know, I appreciate you saying that, and uh, you said a great thing that I've often heard. I often hear about what millennials want. They want the transparency. Yes. Uh, As you said, they want to see us walk, someone walk in this life, living this life, not being perfect. Because, you know, going back to our, our study of psychology, I'm a pastoral counselor. There are many people come to us, and they come from all walks of life. Yes. And when they come to us as pastors, pastoral counselors, we're not here to judge anything they say to us. We can't look at them in condemnation. We can't look at them as if to say, what are you doing? Why are you dealing with that? Because that's their struggle. Yes. But sir. they need someone like yourself, Pastor, who can come alongside them, be there for them, listen to them, and show them a way that they can become uh, delivered from the addictions, from their, their, their pain of un- unforgiveness and being hurt. And and I can see that from you, as I, as I said, from looking from afar from your ministry, I, I see the presence of the people who are that, that appreciate you. And I think it's so important. You you made a quote that I love. It says, uh you, you have a congregation. No, you said he has a congregation that stands with him and supports the vision that God has placed within him. That is so important. When the people support you. With the vision and, and stand with you, with the vision that God has given you, that that's impact. That's the God in you that they see. That they want to hold you up. They want to be there to keep you moving forward. And not only that, you know, you, you I mean, you, 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 you take care of your health, of your fitness. You know, you, you, you take all of those elements. There you <laughs> go. And, and and that's part of self care, being able to uh, be present, uh, be able to be relevant. So you, so what you remind me of now that you said that you remind me of this of, as, as a son of Issachar, mm-hmm. men who were relevant. Yes. Sir. As you said, not stuck in tradition. We appreciate what we came love. Uh, yes. Yes. But sir. we got to realize we're not there. No. This is the present moment of our lives. And why would, so, so let's be like Esther. God sent you to where you are today. Mm. Such a time as this. Wow. We hold our, I love history in high school. Yes. Sir. But history was for our learning, uh, something that we can look back to see for information. But what did we learn from that history? So, being the church of the day, how do we move the church of the day for a time as such as this? Yes. So,
1: the way we do this is we can't no longer assume the new. We have to assess the need. Ah, yes. We, the, and I, I tell my leaders this. this is in order to actually impact the community and impact those, because we all community, is to assess the need. Um, ask the need, not assume the need. Because we can't assume that the, today's generation need what the last generation had. We have to assess them. When you go to a the doctors, they're not going off the old chart from the last hospital you went to. They have to assess you now. Because uh, things, yes. yeah. things change. Yeah, things change throughout the days, throughout the years, Throughout trauma. Come on, throughout circumstance. Yes. Because if you think about our generation now, they don't, we have different traumas than they had back then. Yes, sir. We got, yes, we got sir. different temptations. Come on. We got, we got social media now. They had social media back then. Correct. correct, correct. So a lot of us are, 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 are now discouraged, uh, 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 misguided because of social media. Right, yes, and so yes. which one, which is the temptation y'all never had, right, right. So, so now we have to we have to be able to assess the need now of, of this generation by having
0: conversation. Wow, okay. you know, I'm, I'm gonna say this about uh, this generation. You said about the temptation. And when I was a young teenager, I used to subscribe to the Right On magazine. Yeah, you, you don't probably know what Right On <laughs> magazine is, but in the Right On magazine. In the back of the magazine, they had a section that was called Pen Pals. Mm. And with the Pen Pals, you would get the in address and mail them a letter. We physically wrote letters wow. to people who were from afar off to make a connection. Well, like you said, that's, that's not happening today. We got social media, which is a relevant platform. Yes. Uh, and I, I got to say this. I mean, there's Instagram, there's a TikTok, yeah. but believe it or not, Facebook is the most relevant and the most uh, active, engaged form of social media. Uh, I I, I learned that from just my own research study about social media. So nonetheless, you have two locations of ministry. Am I correct? I correct? four. We have Atlanta, Houston, Los Angeles, and uh, uh, Philadelphia. Wow, so how does one, how do you maintain that? What's that mechanism all about? So we always, Delegation, okay. Uh,
1: and everyone that's I, 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 I from the inside out, you train you out. You know, so yes. I have Atlanta, and I'm, we're virtually on the other one. So I have ministers assigned to those those regions, and uh, periodically we have a revival. We're here, about right here. When the pandemic hit, a lot of things had to go virtual. So right now our main location, which is meeting, is actually in Philadelphia. The other location are virtual every every week. We are, we're, we're Bible study, Bible study, Bible study, and so we are feeding the people with the Word of God, and then we meet up have meetings and revivals there. Cause Philadelphia, we haven't been as strong with COVID uh, limitations as other states that we launched in. The gathering, the meeting places has been like a lot of restrictions there. So, but. We've been consistent, and I believe that planting can take consistency, and sometimes we we give up based upon adversity, and I believe that it's so important to stay consistent and persistent in that which is resistant.
0: Yes, sir. Captain. Well, let me say this to you. I don't want to hold your time, man, but give me the name again of your ministry for the people who are watching on the, this evening or this afternoon, or they may watch this later on as it uh, rotates later on. The name of your ministry, come on, let's talk about that again. Emmanuel Christian Center, Philadelphia.
1: And we have Manual Christian Center of Los Angeles, Emmanuel Christian Center of of Houston, Texas,
0: Emmanuel Christian Center of Los Angeles, and I'm sorry, uh, Atlanta. Okay. Okay, thank you for sharing that. Also, you're a family man. Talk about your family life. Uh, that, That has been a great balance lately. Uh, making
1: sure that I'm going to football game my kids in football my daughter's in gymnastics making sure I meet her she see me in the window cause, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> make sure that me and the wife take our dates and things of that nature still dating um, I don't care how long we've been married for almost seven years now so we still try to make sure we date and uh, run the businesses at the same time uh, and I tell people all the time that in marriage things change time change circumstances change so you have to make sure that you continue communication to the change you understand listen okay we're not going to be uh hugged up all 24 hours this, this season because now the business is taking a turn here. The church is taking a turn here. Having communication trans- helps transition. Yes, and, yes. Uh, and it's something you said earlier about um, the people's need, I believe counseling the people, is, let's be honest, 10% of pastoring is preaching. The rest of it is administration. All and what uh, helps, retention, helps retention the, with, with our people is counseling. And we do a lot of counseling, one-on-one counseling. And so now I've got my wife involved in counseling and how to tend to the people so she understands the value of what I'm doing, seeing the, the hardship of what I go through so she can be more of a help me <laughs> to, to the ministry so there won't be a hindrance. Yeah, There won't be, you know, a, well, you're never here, you're never there. So it helps with balance. Having her involved helps with balance. So everything is well on the, on the front end of, of family because we know that family is first and we know charity starts at home yes mm-hmm. oh, yep.
0: Well, I, I appreciate that i mean you are an, an awesome young man pastor brown and i want to thank you for taking your time uh on this christmas eve uh evening uh but i, but I wanted to reach out to you and share with you because I, I was blessed by again this great book i want you to get this book tell them how they can acquire your book you can go on williambrownleysenior.com. Purchase it there
1: and we're also located on Amazon. We should be okay. in Barclay Noble real soon. All right. We have a second, second edition coming out too. Okay, okay. I'll make sure I get the second edition.
0: <laughs> There's <laughs> more this more meaty though. I don't know if they're ready. <laughs> <laughs> and let me say this as you're about to bring this to a close. Uh, in the life uh, changer folks for life, you have broken it down in these areas. Friendship, and relationships, endurance, self-examination, a cultivation, obedience, and finding and developing purpose. What inspired you to bring these quotes under those categories? Uh, because each quote had
1: purpose, whether it been the quotes was 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 produced by my obedience or was produced through a relationship. It was produced through our love life or even friendship. So, a lot of those quotes came from those
0: areas. Okay. I like that. You just said something. I want to say this, man of God. You don't know how much you bless me because I'm a pastor and you're a pastor. When I reached out to you, you didn't send me to another person to connect with you. That's right. And I think it's so important that, you know, pastors, you know, my background, uh, I, I finished uh, I was in school for nine years uh, I went back to college when well, I say went back to college I never started college I went to school at age of 49 mm. had no degree wow. I, I, I did 21 years in military the United States Air Force and I said God if you ever me open too. Door, yes sir yes sir uh, for me to go back from for me to go to school I'm gonna walk into it mm. well you know God had to remind me uh, pastor I had been been retired, but I hadn't pursued any education. And the spirit said, you remember what you said, if I open up the door for you, you're going to go back to school or pursue your education? Mm. The Obama administration opened up the post 9-11. And and the post 9-11 was my journey, beginning my uh, educational journey. So, And I went from uh, psychology, first it was clinical psychology, then I went to Christian counseling, and then I forward to pastoral counseling and i finished after a whole nine-year journey i finished my educational doctoral degree on last year let's go let me say this but i'm a, I, I consider myself a pastor's friend yes because pastors 74 percent of us don't have many friends it's true and and i want to say this you just said something a lot of our work we know we got the gospel is for us we, we preach the word but administratively Yes. There's a lot that we have to do to be in touch with the people, be concerned about the people, love the people, and, 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 and avail ourselves to those. I mean, we've been in this pandemic going on down over two years, going into year three now. Yeah. And it has had a great impact in our ministries across the country. But you said we got to have endurance. Yes. we got to have resilience. Thank you. And we gotta assess. I like to use the word assess. We gotta assess the situation, and how do we navigate to get to where we need to go? So I pray God's continual blessings with your work, man of God. I pray that God will continue to increase, and I receive that miracle, that accelerated miracle that is in this book. It's coming, coming man. It's <laughs> coming. And now, I, huh? I, I'm waiting <laughs> on it. I, I believe, it. i receive it. <laughs> uh, okay. But thank you. Closing remarks. My brother, I'm about to get you out of here. I wanna say thank you so much for having me again.
1: Um follow uh, Dr. Terrence. Follow him, follow him, follow him. Listen, I appreciate you for having me because first of all, I'm only thirty-four and there's many who have accomplished uh you know, that's older than me that you, but you cannot robbery really to have me on your platform and I don't take that lightly. I really don't. So I appreciate you and again I, I looked up looked up to when I was in Ohio. Beautiful congregation, beautiful church, a lot of people hungry for God. I said this is phenomenal. for is real, for real, one of the best church I've seen in wow. <laughs> wow. Coming there to see the power of God and seeing, you know, the chemistry of the people. They love their church, the testimonies. I was like, I love this. You know, this is the ideal church for me. Uh but at that time it was time for me to go back to, to Philadelphia. Yes. So I want to I, I honor you, I admire you, and I appreciate you continuing to the work and you, you're not even stagnant and I, I need people to understand that i don't care how old you older you yeah. get don't be stuck don't, don't get stagnant and you're progressing you're you're you're, you're building organisms not organizations mm-hmm. organism is a living thing and you constantly what you put your hands on is continuous living so thank you so much for being that beacon light and that example for us young brothers and i pray we fellowship soon one day you know because my thing is this this connection and like you said i'm not going to send you to my
0: admin you're my elder,
1: elder leader like what i look like like the, the,
0: the, the apostle telling apostle you're gonna tell the apostle. uh no no we ain't doing that well <laughs> let me say know. this that blessed me i begin to think about that really it just blessed me and you said something i take no credit i take my boy because first of all i love young people i'm a i'm a fuss i'm a husband of 41 yes, years sir. i have seven adult children five girls two boys and I, we just had our 21st grandchild, so I love, I love young people, I love children. But you said something that I want to say. This, this is another one of your quotes. You said God does not have a respect of age when it comes to His blessings and promotions. You said, "Ask David, man that blessed me, that blessed me, <laughs> yes. that blessed that's me." One of our role models in the Bible, David. Yeah. Right. Okay. He was abandoned, he was rejected, but Come he up was elevated, he was used. So. Wow. Oh, that's a great way to end this. Thank you, Pastor Brownlee. Guess what? I'm going to get you in date Ohio how to preach in this sanctuary. Anytime, okay? Pastor. And, and no honorarium. It's my oh, gift, oh. my service. <laughs> no honorarium. And <laughs> i will my way. <laughs> I, man, I thank you. I appreciate that. But guess what? We know what to do. Yes, Amen. Man. So, blessings to you and your family, your wife, your children, and to your ministry. And, uh, I pray God's blessing and a prosperous upcoming year for 2022, and thank you again, and have a blessed Christmas, my brother. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much, family. Take care.